Meet Jenny Korn. She's a member of the great class of 1996. I'm Jenny Ng That's my full Thai name. I go by Jenny Korn. I live in Chicago. Grew up in Alabama. You might hear it. And I'm in Chicago now, and I'm a scholar of race and media. Like many other Princeton alumni back on campus during reunions weekend, Jenny made a point to visit Hoagie Haven for sandwiches and Thomas Sweet for ice cream, and she excitedly donned her Princeton earrings for the weekend. But unlike many other alums, Jenny proudly wore her Alabama Crimson Tide t-shirt during the Thursday of reunions. She's a proud Alabamian and even makes a point to drop a Roll Tide reference two minutes into our conversation. That's right. Um, I have to rep Alabama with that. I have to say Roll Tide. And if you're a football fan, then you know what that means. Well, Jenny left the Crimson Tide behind to become a Tiger in the fall of 1992. And she said she was blown away by how diverse it was here on campus. Back in Alabama, she was the only student of Asian descent in her entire class. I also credit leaving the state of Alabama with getting to meet a greater diversity of people in general. Seeing um, other Asians, oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and Asians of all sorts of different ethnicities, that was amazing. You know, meeting out gay people, meeting Jewish folk. I mean, this, this is diversity that a lot of big city folk take for granted. But when you're in a small town in Alabama, you don't necessarily meet people like that. I mean, to be honest with you, I remember feeling um, very alienated. Like, I felt very othered, actually, <clears throat> because there was, there was nobody else that um, had had any even similar experience to me. So the first thing that people said when they met me was, and it still happens today, and I'm very used to it now, is, oh my God, you look Asian, but you sound Southern. And people called it out like, ama- like immediately. They were like, this is not <laughs> what I expect when I see you, like when you speak. I don't know what, they, what, what necessarily accent they expected, but not this, not Southern. When you're in Alabama, no one calls you on your accent because everybody speaks the same. But when you leave the state, you know, everybody's like, wow, you, you have a really strong Southern accent. I tried to go back to things that I thought would be, would represent... Um, potential axes of similarity. So I looked up all the Alabama folks. Cause, you know, it, it, we had a Facebook, but it was a you know, physical book. Um, and I used the Facebook to look up all the Alabamians. And, but almost all the Alabamians, I think they were almost, they were either all white, I think they were almost all white. I don't think there were any other Alabamians of color. And so then their experiences didn't, they didn't represent mine, you know? So then I didn't have that to go on. And I was just like, I'm alone. Like, I, just, I felt, I felt, um, I felt very scared actually. While I was here at Princeton, I founded the Thai American Student Organization. It's called TASO. And uh, there were like five of us. <laughs> like we, There weren't that many of us, but we were a community. And we were a community that shared a culture, even though we were all from different states in the country and also from Thailand itself. I definitely wanted to meet other people that I thought would um, share a, this similar cultural background, whether that be based on Thai ethnicity, whether that be Southern, anything. I was just reaching, you know, trying to find somebody that could get me, understand me, not judge me, and with whom I could form community. And that's actually a theme that I think I have kept going my entire life, is when you when you feel like you don't belong, then you definitely don't want to promote that kind of feeling wherever you go. Like You want to minimize it. You want to make sure that everywhere... Everywhere else you go, that other people will feel part of that community. And so, yeah, I think I've carried that forward.
So Jenny eventually found her own niche at Princeton. Aside from her role as president and co-founder of Tasso, she was also vice president of Princeton Women's Outreach. Uh, she was a student alcohol peer educator, and she joined Terrace Club. And Jenny's especially proud that she wrote, directed, and produced a play called Consequential Sex, which was about female prostitutes in Thailand. She even got to travel to Thailand to do research for the play and taught English to some of the women she interviewed there. These days, she's pursuing a PhD in race and media at the University of Illinois at Chicago, where she researches why and how race and gender matter online. She's also facilitating conversations about race with fellow Princeton alumni in Chicago through Princeton Club Diversity, an informal discussion group she founded more than two years ago. We are on our third year now, and what we do is we are an in-person um, discussion group. It's transracial, and we talk about issues of race and we meet every month. A lot of Princeton alumni events continue to attract the same traditional populations for attendance. And that was leaving out a whole bunch of other folk that were also alumni, but just didn't feel like the events were speaking to them. And so um, our events are different because we are all there knowing that we're gonna talk about race, and that tends to draw out people um, who realize that they are raced, and that includes white folk it definitely impacts folk of color differently. And so our events are different because we're majority of color, not the other way around. Um, and it's we meet every month. And I think it's necessary when you're talking about a topic like race to meet regularly. Because like talking about race once, okay, that's good, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not like race only happens one time and you're done. <laughs> it's discussions that are ongoing. They have to be, you know? And um, we've had a lot of great friendships that have been formed through that, transracial friendships, um, transgenerational, um, all different races, different ages, and it's been great. In the end, we share our personal experiences, period. Whether it's about, you know, Princeton or our jobs or um, a TV show, you know, like, and we laugh a lot. I mean, that's the thing, like, race is, it can be very serious, but race is also something to be celebrated. It's not, it's not race should not equal racism, it definitely has racism in it. Like, we all have had those experiences. But it's something to, to laugh and to cheer about, that we're, we're all folk of color and that we're celebrating, you know, our Asian-ness, our Blackness, our Latino-ness. Mm -hmm. Latino you know what I mean? I think it's, it's great. I think that the biggest thing is knowing that um, there are Princeton alumni events that are catering to alumni of color and that... We want to create a space that is more than just safe, but um, encouraging, you know, alumni of color. We have people who come to our events who've never come to Princeton alumni events because they have not felt comfortable. Um, but they know that our events are going to be primarily for color, and so they'll come to them just because they know that now that that's one less potential um, challenge they might have to encounter is gone. In terms of having individuals um, even even consider that Princeton would be a school to apply to, it's very helpful to see other alumni come back um, and encourage those new people, new generations to apply, which is the reason why I think groups like ABPA, ALPA, A4P, that are, are race-based affinity groups, are very important. So I'm always supportive of endeavors that mentor um, endeavors that go speak at different high schools. We always encourage one another to, to volunteer to be those interviewers for Princeton um, admits. I mean, I just think it's just, just seeing yourself. I mean, it also goes back to media, right? It goes back to um, 
where do you see people of color being represented? If you see them being represented in these leadership roles at Ivy League institutions, then you're going to be like, I see myself. You know, I could do that. Because Obama was our president, I, I know that there are people out there now who are thinking, I can do that too now. You know, it's, it's just being aware, you know, like looking around and seeing um, others like you doing it. Many thanks to Jenny for sharing her story. This episode of Pod Tracks was produced by Allie Wenner, and the music is licensed from First Com Music. If you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at paw at princeton.edu to set up an interview for PodTrax. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're new to the podcast, please check out our past episodes. If you're listening on the PAW website, you can click on the PodTrax hashtag at the bottom of this transcript. You can also listen to all 34 episodes on iTunes.